Welcome to Indigenous Roots Forever, where we're laying down our roots in more ways than one. My name's Jonathan Nato. I'm your host. Today with me, as always, is Rocky. So, Rocky, thanks for joining us today, and how's everything going? Okay. Good to be with you today, John. Hey, it's my pleasure having you here. So, Rocky, before we get into kind of the podcast, let, let everyone know who you are, where you came from, uh, you know, why, what does farming mean to you, and what is it, what has it done for you, and and let the audience know, uh, fill the audience in here. Okay. Um, traditionally known as Musquampashinitas. I'm a member of the Narragansett Indian tribe. It's a federally recognized tribe. And I'm also the chief of Ninigrit Nahantic Nahagansett Tribal Trust, which is my own clan. And uh, it's another way of entrusting the land to our, my lineage rather than just the federal government, depending on the federal government. Mm. And, um, you know, never know which, where things are going to go with the federal government, you know. I, I guess speaking of that, why why did you why did you make your own clan? Like, maybe kind of go into that. Okay. Oh, so how did tribal politics of uh, the tribe is, um, it became election time, and there's a lot of turmoil within the tribe. And uh, we stopped having monthly meetings, which we're supposed to have by our constitution and bylaws. We uh, we have to have a regular monthly meeting. We're supposed to have a regular monthly meeting with all the membership, mm. and those those meetings just stopped, ceased to exist for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, then election time come around, and there's no election for new leadership. Uh, the chief's term came up, which is separate from the tribal council, and there was no chief election. So everybody's kind of wondering what's what's happening, what's going to happen with the tribe, you know, uh, especially with the being under federal trust. You don't know if are they going to strip you from federal recognition or, or what's going to happen. D- different different groups were trying to trying different ways to make sense of what was going on. And that's just one way I did, just to make sure my, my family lineage, to protect my, my family lineage name and uh, our lands. You know, even if, they, even if they're not trusted to the federal government, I, I prefer to entrust them to ourselves. You know, into that. Yeah, we, haven't had, we haven't had the greatest relationship with the federal government um, historically and presently, you know. Yeah, no, I I hear you. And we'll be talking more about that probably throughout the podcast. But so like growing up then, uh, what was it like was Narragansett like the the first? Was that like your birthplace? Like where where were you born? Like where I know you're all around in Rhode Island, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was born in Providence. Providence. Okay. Yeah. Because my mom moved all over the place. And but my what I considered my homestead mainly was uh, was Dam Street in uh, Peacedale, Rhode Island, which, which is where my grandfather lived. Mm. And I would visit there on weekends and all holidays and stuff like that. So so uh, growing up, what was it like for you? Like, did you have a lot of powwows and things like that that you would go to? Like, were you pretty connected within the tribe growing up? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, 
we'd always that we had we used the longhouse as our original meeting meeting place, and uh, I just remember coming down as a kid and not just on monthly meetings, but coming down for arts and crafts and um, cookouts and taking bus rides to different things, different events and stuff with the different with, and that that helped get to know the different. Um, all the different tribal members that live mm. in different communities because we're all over the all over the state. Um, you know, we have which is kind of where the claims come up, you know. It's mm. like mm. Charlestown Indians, there's Peacedale Indians, there's uh Prov- Providence, you know. So so these are the these are the modern day names you know, of the places okay the place, okay you know what i mean yeah you know, yeah you know so but it's just, just we would all come together at, at uh at these uh at the monthly meeting or at the longhouse to do um to learn our history learn yeah our history. I, exactly i was gonna say so like when you would do like arts and crafts were they were they uh interjecting you know lessons or or things from from the history of your tribes or the various tribes in is that what yeah. they were doing? Yeah, that's cool. What were some of the things that you were doing? I mean, do you recall uh, any of them? Uh, just like beadwork, coloring, drawing. That's cool. Um, and the one one story that stuck out to me was just the the gardening part of it, was which was you know having a community garden that everybody in the tribe took care of, and. Uh, so what was that like? Because obviously that's that's a, a great way to to for a lead in of why we're even here. So what was that like for you? How did that affect you even at that age? Like it seems to have struck a chord with you, you know, when you were that young. So what was it about that? I just thought it was interesting, you know, how, how they, they're growing out in, in the patches. And, uh, you know, the uh, thing was seeing the kids, they'd have kids out there to throw throw stones at the, at the birds and stuff to keep them out of the garden and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it was just a fun thing watching watching plants grow. I hear uh, you. I hear you. And the, the longer I've been involved in it, the more I understand the value of it. I was just it was just a natural attraction for me as a kid. Uh, I wanted to be out in the gardens with my grandfather, um, who lived in Peacedale, who had his own his own garden in the backyard always, and it, it fed our whole street. My aunt lives next. I had two aunts that lived next door, um, so. Wow, that's um, good. that's cool. So, like, your grandfather's garden was feeding a lot of a lot of your family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's probably five or six households on the street that are that all family, but the three houses right in a row were my grandfather, my aunt Sylvia, and my aunt Sandra, and uh, you know, so it's a whole street. It was like that was our reservation. Now it's it's like Tripon Trail in mm. uh, South Kingston, Rhode Island. Mm. All the trails that we ran on as kids. They got people putting up um, like benches, dedicating benches and stuff, and they name the trails and stuff. Yeah, but these are trails that we we used to have to jump from, you know, from a rock to a tree to get over a stream or something like that. Uh, and now they got now, bridges and stuff. Now, yeah, now they got bridges. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice easy walk. Now. <laughs> yeah, but it was a big challenge back then. You know, I was I was the youngest one coming from coming from Providence or where we're, wherever we happened to be living at the time. And all my cousins already knew all the trails and, and they're older than us, older than me and my brother. So 
you know, they'd be trying to shake us, trying to get rid of us because they don't get the little guy. <laughs> oh, let's ditch them, get rid of the little <laughs> yeah, kids. <laughs> you know, go, go try to jump the biggest river so that we can't get across and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it made us tougher, you know what I mean? Trying to hang with the older, with the older ones. Totally, totally. Like, yeah. So when you would go to the, um, like the pal, like the monthly meetings and stuff, would you, you'd meet other people from other tribes? Would you make friends, you know, that way too? Yeah, would it be well? The monthly meetings is is all Narragansetts. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the powwow, the powwow is more. All the tribes are included. I see. You know? Okay. So, so then we 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 meet up with you know all the Shinnecocks, uh, uh, um, and says. So when you when you do a powwow, like, are there there's there must be different like things that the different tribes would do at each powwow right so would you introduce each other to the various things that you would do it, it was no, that kind of... no we'd introduce ourselves and what tribe we're from is kind of right after the grand entry uh everybody kind of circles the whole the, the powwow circle and has a chance to introduce themselves and what tribe they're from that's cool. And, and then they just have a lot of intertribals and, and dance competition. That's cool. Uh, would, yeah. you have, would you have music too then? Would you guys be? Yeah. We'd be drumming, cool. It'd be That's drumming cool. and dancing. Yeah. And a lot of competition dancing. Did you ever join any of those? No, I, I would do grand entry and I would do intertribals. I didn't, I never did. I never competed. Oh, okay. Okay. Would would you guys talk about uh, like the gardening and farming at those at all too? Would you like swap kind of like tips and tricks or anything like that? If if there's people of like minded like mine, uh, you would discuss that whatever yeah. you're into, you know. Okay. And um, mostly, I I got my the, my gardening from my grandfather. Just wanting to hang out with my grandfather. Uh, I wasn't made to do it. Um, I was I was there visiting all the time, and I always wanted to do whatever Grant was doing. And he was always he was either gardening, fishing, clamming, quahogging, crabbing, you know, and all the all the things near the water that I like to do. So and, can you can you remember as a kid, like I, like one of the first times, or maybe around when you first started realizing, like, hey, I I you know not only do I love being around Grandpa, but I love this gardening stuff that he's doing, like, do you, do you remember how, how that kind of started or like, what, what about it? What, as a kid that drew you to it? Um, first of all, just, just being out in the garden with grandpa was enough first. Yeah. Of all. Yeah. And yeah. Then, but, but other than that, yeah, it would be, it would be, uh, getting, getting, getting you know, plant, you're playing in the dirt, you know, you're, you're digging holes, you're, you're planting seeds, you're planting, you're planting, uh, seedlings. Uh, uh, and and knowing and the the work we had to do, like turning the, turning the land, and uh, adding adding the fish, mm. which was which which a which always a cool thing. We'd uh, go up to Gilbert Stewart and it was the, uh, the 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 stream would go up there like once a year, and Grandpa would take us all in the truck, and a, Uncle Richard would drive the uh, van. And have all of us kids in there in a pickup truck full of uh, five gallon buckets, and we'd go up there and fill the fill the buckets with buckies and stuff. Come back and bury them in the garden. And That's that was cool. One, that was one of the ways Grandpa's teaching us some 
ancient tradition of uh, fertilizing the soil. Right. There, there's uh, there's aquaponics for you before we we stumble into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> using yeah. using the fish and everything in in the gardening. And that's it shows that you feed, we feed the soil and the soil feeds us. Absolutely. Know? Totally. You take care of the earth. The earth will take care of you. Hmm. Amen to that. Now, I, I know we we talked before and uh, I guess the one thing about your grandfather is he didn't he probably didn't say too much as as in like saying, hey, Rocky, here's why we do this or that. But he just kind of he he led by example, I guess you would say, huh? Yeah, he definitely wasn't a big talker. He did, he, he 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 was about action. Action speaks louder than words. And uh, I I would just watch what he did. You know, cutting wood. I, to this day, I love cutting wood, cutting, cutting, splitting. Mm. Yeah. You know, my grandfather was a real hard worker. I don't even real uh, uh, remember like how when he slept. You know, and I know he worked third shift, and he'd be up all day. You know, yeah, doing stuff all day, right? Doing stuff all day, and then you know, get he's gone to work. Uh, he still found time. He still found found time to to. To hang out like to do stuff with me yeah um oh, i got to do stuff with him <laughs> when when did you uh when did you notice like you were doing more gardening and stuff like that even without your grandfather like man i, I love doing this even if grandpa's not around i'm gonna i'm gonna start planting stuff like in my backyard or on my you know on, on my windowsill or whatever okay yeah so i went to uh what it called training school or bad boy school and uh, it's just ocean tide in there against it, and part of my program was working with one of the one of the brothers in the in the greenhouse. You know, everybody got to pick something that extra curricular activity they wanted to do, and uh, I was I remember being just being interested in in gardening. So I got to work in the greenhouse, and I got to get a lot of um, plants from the greenhouse that I get to take in a lot of ivies and stuff like that i'd be growing in my in my uh personal dorm that's cool yeah and uh i just i just really was into watching things develop into from a seed to uh to a flower to a fruit to a vegetable yeah into something like you grab and eat yep yeah and i started working for the tribe i started working for the narragansett indian tribe like when i was like uh, 18, 19 years old for the, I got hired as a temporary employee for the cadastral survey. Mm. The federal, federal guys come down and they, they map out the reservation and we, they picked a few of us to go out there and help cut lines for them. And, and uh, so I, that's my first time I got involved with, um, with the tribe as a, as a, as a working unit, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. I'm of age, and um, so so I'm riding with one of my cousins to and from work, and he's telling me a lot of the stories about about the tribe, you know, about some of the ways they misuse the money, mishandle funds, and stuff like that. And he took me in the back of the longhouse one time and showed me a, a greenhouse that he told me the tribe got seventy thousand dollars for this greenhouse, mm. and. There was nothing there. I mean, it was just torn down um, ferns. They built a little makeshift greenhouse out of ferns strips mm. and uh, um, and plastic. And there was nothing growing in it. It had all blown over, fallen down. 
and uh and i couldn't believe it. i was like seventy thousand dollars no way you know and that was the my kind of my first introduction to uh what was the, the, the tribal politics i guess yeah yeah <laughs> and um you know i just he, and i'd ride to and from work with him every day and during work he'd be telling me stories he's an older cousin of mine and he'd be telling me he'd tell me stories about what's going on in the tribe and then we'd go back to his house his father's wilbur wilbur stand and we'd, be, we'd uh just hang out there and wilbur would give me documents backing up the information that guy had told me during the day. And it just got me more and more involved with the tribe, you know, the tribe yeah. of politics and, and wanting to make a change, you know? So I started really going to the monthly meetings, something I had never done before. I knew I was part of the tribe, but um, as a youth, I didn't go to many months to the monthly meetings to, to um, I didn't participate in the monthly meetings yeah. because I was underage. I was, um, but as I got, after, as I got older, I, I got more involved and just co constantly looking for ways to change what was going on. And I tried, tried, I didn't see what was going on, helping our people. So I would be speaking up, standing up for, uh, against some of the, the wrongdoings. Mm, mm. And it's been, a, it's been a long road of me banging heads with the tribal government and, and I've been on the tribal council a few few different times. A few times they wouldn't let me run. They kicked me off of the council. Um, but uh, but the, I think that's a that is that the greenhouse we were talking about before, where you were uh, you had that thing like full, running full steam ahead at one point, right? That greenhouse Did, is that the one you turned around? Yeah. No. 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 Um, so that greenhouse was when I was like, like I said, 18, 19 okay. years old. No, this new, the newer greenhouse is after this years of uh, internal uh, tribal politics not going as I see it should. And I, I stopped banging heads with the, the chief. He stopped having uh, council meetings because I'm showing up and uh, calling outside law enforcement to try to stop me from coming to meetings and using me as an excuse to shut the meetings down. Uh, so I ended up meeting with, with Matt Thomas, the chief at the time and, uh, and looking, so I'm looking for a less confrontational way forward. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not going to keep coming to these meetings just so you can you, use me as an excuse not to have meetings with the, the people. I said, but I am going to use the land to feed my people. And, he had no problem with that as long as I wasn't coming to the meetings. He, <laughs> he, he was okay with that. And he actually was willing to help me uh, do some of the research to to get things going. Uh, so they paid for me to go out to uh, – so it was gardening and shell fishing that I was I was interested in. Mm. And I went, I went out to Mashby and did some research, you know, hung out there for like three, four days and uh, took pictures and recorded all the, the – the the steps to um oyster farming okay and then i brought brought that um proposal back to the tribe and the tribe did nothing with it and so now so now i was just kind of like i kind of faded away from the tribe for a while and then some like i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't being involved for 
for a, for a while. And then, yeah. um, then I got back involved when somebody I met at work asked me about my, you know, my Indian and stuff. And is there some way that they, they they're part of a found the crane foundation and that they, uh, was there a way that they could help our tribe? You know, and I was like, oh, yeah, helping build a greenhouse would be cool, you know? Yeah. And, and they helped fund it, uh, a hydroponics, state-of-the-art hydroponics greenhouse that we we grew every kind of the most expensive lettuce you can buy, you know? <laughs> we, we I grew up all this lettuce, passing it out to the tribal elders, passing it out to and anybody that needed it, you know? And uh, the meal site was right next door to the greenhouse. And the idea of building this greenhouse right next to our community center was to let everybody get an idea of what we could be doing with our land, what we should be doing with our land. Yeah, because so you're what, you're producing crazy amount of food out of that greenhouse, right? You're like, uh, yeah, I, so much more than more than we could get rid of. You know? uh, yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. I thought I remember you saying you you had you were not you were actually giving stuff away because you just you know didn't know what to do with it basically yeah yeah so it <laughs> wouldn't so go bad yep the meal site the elders meal site is right right next door to the green where i built the greenhouse uh the community center there's a daycare um that's cool so you're yeah. able to funnel the food from the greenhouse into the like the food plane and they would cook the food right there in the spot yep, yep. that's awesome yeah and pass it out and then like elders would come there each week uh that have their, their their lunches and dinners and they'd go home with with lettuce and different all the whatever kind of vegetables we're growing man then but the key to, the the reason i wanted it right there though was just because it was part of the community it's like the basketball court is right up you'd have to pass the greenhouse to get to the basketball court mm, mm. and so i just wanted our people to see that with a little bit of work what we could produce. And this is like one, me and a few, few of my family members were doing this and producing a lot. And um, that's continues to be what I want to do is show our people what we can, we can do what our ancestors have, have traditionally done for generations or thousands of years, you know, that, and they lived off this land. You know, right. they protected this land. Right. And um, you can see it going another way. The land is being destroyed and the, the practices they use in farming are not not healthy for the people. It's not healthy for the land. And uh, I'm just trying to get us back to the understanding of simple ways and protecting, feeding the, feeding the earth so the earth will continue to feed us. Rocky, that's actually the perfect spot to end here right now. Like... I love that. And uh, I, I, the audience is going to learn more about you in the upcoming episodes and what you're all about. But I, I think you're an awesome guy, man. And I'm looking forward to these more of these episodes that we're doing here. And so if you guys uh, want to keep listening, check out Indigenous Roots Forever. There's going to be a link in the show notes and everything that'll bring you to uh, everything that we're talking about here. But um, yeah, I, I love that. It, it was, we need to. How'd you put that again, Rocky? Feed, feed, feed the land so it feeds us. Yeah, we continue to feed the earth, regenerating the earth. Exactly. So we continue feeding the earth, and it will feed us. Protect the earth; it will protect us. You know? Exactly. And, but there's a lot of simple ways to do it. You know, 
Awesome. Well, hey, man, I everyone again, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the episode. Rocky, thanks for your time again. And uh, everyone, we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya. All right. Thank you, John.